Hi, and welcome to the Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight with your hosts, uh, Smitty and Mike. I am Mike. And I'm Smitty. We're broadcasting from San Diego, California in the good old U.S. of A. This is, as I say, our premiere episode, our premiere segment, whatever way you want to call it. Everybody's jumping up on the podcast bandwagon, so we thought we would, too. We're a couple of uh, old-school radio guys. And we've been driving around for the last couple of years watching the uh, reconvergence of people going back to radio, or I guess I should say audio, to get their news and music and information. So we thought we'd uh, do a little history show, a little retro nostalgia show on how radio got to us and how we're going back to it. There's probably not too many Starbucks that you'll go by where you don't see somebody with those little white things screwed into their ears listening to content, as they call it nowadays. Uh, We used to call it programming, but we thought it'd be a fun podcast, and we're really excited to uh, share some of the history that we've acquired. We're going to talk about everything from uh, old radio sets as furniture to uh, where radio's going to go, and we're going to uh, touch on some of the uh, earlier evolutions of radio, where uh, people who made the jump from old radio to television and then to movies, and we see that nowadays where you have uh, celebrities who are known as television and movie celebrities now going to uh, podcast shows and radio shows. So anyway, Smitty, uh, what do you got for us today, this being our first, our pilot uh, premiere segment? Well, Mike, we're going to uh, allow our uh, listeners to get to know us a little bit and uh, talk about a variety of, of topics as we're going to do on this first show as, we, as we're going to do in all of our upcoming shows. And I think we're going to talk also a little bit today about where we can get old radios. A lot of people collect old radios. And as you know, Mike, I collect old radios and old TVs and vintage electronic gear. So we're going to talk a little bit about where we can find some of that stuff for people that are interested in collecting that, those kinds of uh, items. Yeah, that's probably a good subject because uh, the old radio cabinets, uh, they've stood on their own, so to speak, as far as interior design over the years. And I know they're very collectible nowadays. You go up on eBay and I just typed in a search term, old cabinet radios, came back with 2,600 listings. And there's a number of books on old-time radios, how to restore an old-time radio, uh, they're just really neat little pieces of not only of history but of furniture. Uh, looking at your collection, Smitty, it's just every room just it reminds me of something out of out of the Smithsonian. They're just some beautiful <laughs> pieces. Of course, you were able to acquire them uh, when they were in good shape, and it is a very daunting project, very daunting task to put one of these uh, old console radios from the 1920s back into operation, but. Even if you're able to pick one up and not able to restore it right away, they're just really nice to look at. I know you've picked up your uh, your pieces from all over the place, but generally, where would be a good place for someone looking for an old radio? Where would be a good place to start looking, other than eBay? Well, other than eBay, of course, eBay will be would be one of the top answers. But we'll, but let's let's save that one for a little bit later, Mike. But uh, actually, the best place to begin looking is right in your own neighborhood. As you know, people have garage sales, estate sales. Here's kind of an interesting little uh, tidbit, if we can call it, back from uh, my early days. I've been collecting old radios ever since I was a kid. 
And at that time, without having any real transportation or having any real uh, money to buy old radios with, I used to ask people that I know, hey, do you have any old radios? Do you have an old radio in your garage, in your closet somewhere? And you'd be surprised, Mike, at how many people uh, would uh, show up. I remember even when I was in school, I would ask my teachers, and the following day they'd show up with an old radio under their arm here. You know, you might want this. So uh, the best place to begin looking, it would be in your own neighborhood, estate sales, Yard sales, garage sales, things of that nature, neighborhood thrift stores, junk stores, places like that where they might sell things that are old. You know, sometimes these little junk stores, you have to go in there and dig around because there might be a gem hiding under a shelf or under something else, and you have to kind of look. So to get really started, just look around your own neighborhood, look around your own city, around your own town, and you would probably will, will find... You may not find something from the early 30s. Uh, that stuff is becoming a little bit more rare, but you'll certainly find some nice, nice radios from the 40s and from the 50s that are definitely collectible. You know, Smitty, while we're on the subject, there's probably, what, it's it's probably a split 50-50 on people who would like to get a radio to restore and to bring back to life and listen to versus somebody who would just like to have a really attractive conversation piece or something to fill in a, a particular room. It's probably 50-50. I, I see mm-hmm. your collection, and I wouldn't even attempt to pull the back off of one and try to make it work again. I, I would just be afraid of a fire hazard. Could you talk a little bit about if someone is fortunate enough to find a radio, say, at a rummage sale, garage sale, estate sale, maybe a, a, one of these church thrift stores that I go to probably every other day. There's a certain area in my uh, in my town in Poway that has a whole center of nothing but thrift stores and I'm constantly on the lookout. You get one, you find one, like you say, you might find one in your neighbor's garage and you bring it home. Uh, you, do you want to plug it in, see if it works? That's the natural reaction I think that a lot of our listeners would have. Yes, Mike, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because the answer to that is no, do not under any circumstances plug the radio in and, and turn it on because you could wind up destroying it and you could wind up hurting yourself in the process. Old radios and actually any old piece of electronic equipment that has that has sat around for uh, any good number of years, there are uh, some components inside the old radios and old TVs and old whatever it happens to be that are called capacitors. Now, capacitors, we're not going to get into a technical discussion of that today, but capacitors are components that are subject to go bad if they sit around unused for many many years and oftentimes remember these radios that you're finding have have sat around without being plugged in or turned on for maybe 10 20 maybe even 30 or more years so when you take an old radio that has bad capacitors in it and plug it in at best you'll probably maybe blow out the circuit breaker in your house and at worst you will burn out the set So the first inclination is if you're technical, then you know what I'm talking about. If you're not technical um, and you want to get and you find an old radio, you need to take it to somebody who will work on tube electronics. And there are people who still do that. Um, If it's a a smaller radio, like a table model radio, you could oftentimes uh, can uh, either mail or ship the unit. I know of a couple people here in the San Diego area where we're located that that do that kind of work. And... uh, uh, you definitely do not want to plug it in unless you have uh, technical knowledge and can you know work on the set so uh, resist that temptation because y- you know you may uh, you may plug it in and may cause a real problem, but if you just kind of take it home, dust it off, polish it, and put it on on your shelf and wait until you have the opportunity to have it checked out, that would be the best 
the best option. So, so then, as I understand, there's there's going to be uh, someone who finds a radio for whatever it is and however much it is, with the idea they're going to bring it back uh, to life. And then there's the other people, sort of like myself, who just uh, just appreciates the history of the history of radio and television. I would just love to have something like that on my bookshelf. Uh, mm-hmm. So if they're not planning to use the radio. They can clean it up. Uh, a lot of these radios are Art Deco, and they're 40s, 50s. Some are uh, Bakelite, which is a, a type of a plastic-like substance mm-hmm. that was used quite a bit in the 50s. We're going to get to the right way to buy a radio. I guess in a thrift store is not a big problem. You see a table, and there's a radio there from the 50s, and you see a sign, anything on this table, $2. I don't think you can get stung too bad for $2 or even, for that matter, 20 Exactly. But you may have something that, uh, a lot more valuable when you get home. Uh, is there a guide or is there a way to find what a radio is worth when somebody sees something they like and they bring it home? I, I'm sure you're going to say go to the internet but something more specifically is is there a collector's guide i buy a radio for five or ten bucks and get it home and is it that age-old urban myth that i might be sitting on a fifty thousand dollar piece of uh radio history or of art how does that work what how does the pricing work in, in the world of radio collecting smitty well mike there are some books that are available in the collect in in the radio collecting circles, and uh, these uh, these books are price guides. And I tend to not uh, really put a lot of credence into what they say. I, I uh, and I know some probably some of the collectors out there may disagree with me, and that's fine. We're all we all have our own opinion. But I uh, definitely would use those just as a as a very very rough guide as to what these radios are worth because. Oftentimes, the prices that are quoted quoted in these books are for radios that are just in absolutely mint condition, that are working, that are in in great shape. And oftentimes, I've had people that have told me, "Oh, this radio is worth X amount," and it's and the radio is just really just in, in poor poor condition. And say, "Well, the uh, the price guide says that it's worth X amount," and you have to kind of tell them, "Yes, but it's." for a radio that is worth uh, that is in in great condition and uh, oftentimes a radio as found is in poor condition but yeah mike uh, we have to talk about the internet there's a lot of information on the internet that really would would still be the uh, the best bet as far as um, getting on to to getting um, information on pricing of, of these sets but if you do want to uh, to look uh, at these books you can also get again as i say sort of a rough a rough idea of what they're worth the other thing that uh, would also be to, to join other collectors there are clubs around the country and you'll find that uh, there are oftentimes people in these clubs who have a very good knowledge either of whatever it might be cathedral radios catalan sets uh, zenith consoles uh, whatever type of radio that you're looking for there are people that have specific knowledge about that kind of stuff and it would be good to kind of pick their brain and ask them what they think about pricing or a range of pricing for a particular radio that you might have well so cool smitty probably the way to look at it it would be like i guess a bottle of wine people say what is a good wine what is an expensive wine what is a bad wine what's a good price to pay for a wine and i heard a connoisseur at a wine tasting party one time say it's a good wine if you like the taste it's a good price if you're able to afford it and bring it home so 
it's uh, purely subjective so it's what you like if you see something in an antique store and maybe it's a little pricey but you think this radio would fit right into my bookcase and exactly fill in what I want to do then it's probably worth the price and we're going to go to a break here in a minute but I'm in eBay right now and I'm looking at an old antique wood Croydon tube radio art deco with iTube and what's amazing here, it's got seven days left on the bid. Mm-hmm. There's 13 bidders already with seven days left, and they've bid this up to about $77. Mm-hmm. This is a desktop radio. It looks a little Art Deco. Mm-hmm. I know what the iTube is. Maybe you can explain to some of the viewers what the iTube is. But tell us, uh, do a guesstimate based on your collector's expertise. Give us an idea of what this thing's going to sell for seven days from now, if it's 13 bids and $77 now. Well, Mike, from what I can see it, and I'm, and I'm looking at the, at the picture over here across the, across the way from you, it looks like it's in very good shape. It looks like it's been refinished, and uh, I guess it is working. Uh, do we know if it's working, uh, Mike? Uh, uh, for your it, listening and displaying pleasure, and there's a warranty on it, so okay. the seller is warranting okay. that it will work upon delivery. Okay, very good. Well, I would guess that something like that would probably close for somewhere ab- above the $200 range, uh, maybe around $200 or so when it's all said and done. It's a, it's a, it's a desirable radio. It's in great condition. It's been repaired. It's been refinished. Uh, it does have the green tuning eye, which is a feature that a lot of the old radios had to help the user to tune the signal in. The little gr- magic green tuning eye had a, a shadow in it, and you would uh, tune the radio for a, a for the the narrowest shadow on the on the eye, and that told you that your station was tuned in just right. Great, yeah. So just for the benefit of of the neophyte collector or someone who just really would like to get a conversation piece, I, I've been in antique stores before where mm-hmm. I I think I've heard this a thousand times where someone says, "I had one of those when I was little," or "My grandmother had mm-hmm. one of those on on her fireplace." This is something that's going. It's a, it's an emotional item. So exactly. you figure for an old antique wood Croydon tube radio Art Deco with iTube, uh, this thing will close. You figure it around two hundred dollars, and it is warranted to operate. You think that'd be a good buy for a beginning collector? I think it would if uh, if a person uh, would be in the market for, uh, let's say, something that is already working. Somebody who's non-technical, and there's nothing wrong with being non-technical. There's a lot of people that are that are that are non-technical, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, that would be a good a good buy, and especially for somebody who might just want one or two sets in their house as conversation pieces. Maybe one in the living room, maybe one in the bedroom or the den or something, and uh, that would be a good a very good uh, good buy for somebody a radio that's already working and it's nice to display and something that would uh, is basically plug and play as as we as we is a term that we use nowadays well good we're going to go to a break and and again uh, we hope the listeners will understand that we're trying to stay as untechy as we can this is just the love of radio the love of audio entertainment news and music people nowadays get their news and music from it's not even called a radio they're called mp3 players and ipods they fit in a shirt pocket we're talking about portable radios that were advertised as portables in the 1940s that almost had to fit in the trunk of the car but we're talking about the love of radio and we're going to go on to other subjects as our show evolves and if you do have any questions that you'd like to ask smitty about collecting radios or maybe you have a an old radio in your garage you'd like to know about you can email us at radio show at galaxy 
Our website is galaxynightsite.com. We will be uh, working on the website as the podcast develops, but present your questions. We air every Thursday evening at 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. We hope to have at least a 10 to 15 minute show available every Thursday. That's our goal. And we're going to break now to, let's see, we're going to give you a nostalgic commercial from the 60s here on Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight with Smitty and Mike. From the land of sky blue What's the secret of Ham's refreshment? It's the refreshing magic of the land of sky blue waters. And when you start with water best for brewing, you get a beer you can stay with all evening long. A beer that goes round after round and never stops refreshing. So when you're making an evening of it, start with Ham's and stay refreshed. Ham's Brewing Company, St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay, and we're back here on Galaxy Moonbeam Night Site with Smitty and Mike, and we've been talking this evening about radio collectibles, the old uh, cabinet-type radios, the stand-up radios, radios back in the day when they were actually a piece of furniture instead of a thing that blasted sound at you. And Smitty's been talking a little bit about how to find a radio, and once you find one, uh, what goes on long before you even think about or dream about plugging it in and seeing if it'll catch your local AM radio station for your baseball game. But Smitty, we're going to uh, we're going to finish up here with maybe just some basic household suggestions on how to get that radio home and how to clean the veneer. Most of these radios are. Uh, done with wood veneer some of the knobs mm-hmm. are nylon and uh, right. how would i clean one up uh, they're probably they've probably been in somebody's garage for the last 35 years they probably haven't been used uh, they're dirty dusty grungy frayed i get it home uh, i take it i don't take a handful of uh, lacquer thinner and wipe it down how would how would i clean one up so i could start showing it sure well the best thing uh, to, to to do that mike would be for uh, our friends out there if they come across a radio that has a wooden cabinet start off very very gently we we there there may still be a very good finish under some of that grunge so the first thing that you want to do is just get a soft cloth and wipe the radio down wipe the cabinet down and you can use a damp cloth that that has been dampened with water and give it a, a quick wipe and then have another dry cloth ready and and dry it off right away uh, what what all we're interested in doing is in removing some of that dirt and removing some of that grunge and uh, kind of get having getting an evaluation as to what kind of a what kind of condition the uh, the surface of the radio is in you can start off with that if you want to clean the inside of the radio uh, you can use just use an old paintbrush, and there'll probably be a lot of dust bunnies and things, uh, probably some cobwebs in there. So watch out and dust that out. Ideally, uh, you know, one would want to pull the chassis, which is the, the the inner workings of the radio, out of the cabinet. But oftentimes, if you don't feel uh, confident in doing that, then don't even try it. Just 
dust it and clean it as best as uh, as you can. Uh, that, that's how I would do the uh, the interior of it. And the exterior of it, again, just use a soft cloth with uh, that, that's uh, dampened, uh, not not wringing or not not soaking wet, but uh, dampened with water, and then have another dry cloth dry it off right away. And oftentimes the um, the wooden finish will have little nicks and chips and and uh, things like that 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 can oftentimes be uh, repaired. They can be corrected. You can buy a product uh, at your local home hardware store that is called um, either a scratch remover or uh, a finish restorer, and all that does is just fills in those little those little uh, nicks and scratches and. Uh, you can then, uh, once you apply that, or spray on a uh, compound that you would use to to polish some of your other wooden furniture, uh, so, such as... So the pledge and pledge the uh, or, wood, uh, what's it called, liquid gold, those would be okay? Today's chemicals on yesterday's veneer finish, I, I wouldn't have to worry about those, about eating some finish off, because I've seen some of the veneers on some of these older... Uh, Radio set, Smitty, they're just very, very paper-thin veneer. That's right, Mike. And uh, is there a concern about the uh, the pledge or the uh, liquid gold or whatever I use going beneath the veneer and into the main wood under the radio? Would that damage anything? Not if you, there wouldn't be a concern if you did not uh, if you didn't saturate it. Of course, if you if you if you saturated the surface with anything, you you, you could have damage. You could have that that very almost paper-thin, as you described, layer of veneer actually begin to bubble up and uh, become uh, unglued from the other uh, surfaces. How would we um, glue that stuff back down? I've seen some veneer also actually curl up to where it was almost standing straight up. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you wet the veneer? And without sounding like a home improvement show or this old house, just some basic uh, first aid and cosmetic for a radio treasure that somebody got home from the local rummage sale and they want to put it up and start sh- showing it off, and uh, but you've got a curl of veneer there, mm-hmm. uh, Elmer's glue, white glue. How would you how would you resolve that, especially if this piece of veneer's maybe been uh, warped and curled up for the last forty fifty years? Veneer that is uh, that is lifted, Mike, and can actually be glued back down pretty easily. Now you have to remember that that the uh, the, the composition of the of the wood on these radios is. Uh, like plywood, it's a number of layers of wood, and the outer layer is that fine veneer, which gives the radio, when that veneer is refinished and cleaned up and looks real nice, gives that radio such a beautiful look that we don't really see nowadays. But what you would do is you could apply a little bit of glue. They do sell woodworker's glue. I would probably recommend woodworker's glue, although I have used Elmer's glue and I've used uh, you know you know white glue. Uh, to patch veneer before uh, you apply some of the glue under the 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 surface where the uh, veneer has uh, separated, and then what you would do is you would either clamp or apply weight to the to the veneer that is lifted until it dries now it 's better to try to clamp it because uh, applying weight you may not be able to especially if you have like a, a big weight and you can 't see you want to make sure that it's that it 's really weighed down good so that it uh, dries because if you if it dries and you have a spot that really hasn't settled on, you may have to. That would require some more ad, advanced woodworking techniques that we probably will, won't have time to get into today. But uh, yes, at, in, a, in a nutshell, yes, you could use either woodworker's glue, white glue, glue down the layers of of peeled veneer, do it one layer at a time, 
and uh, take your time with it. Don't rush, uh, you know, uh, set it up, glue it, clamp it down, and, and, and let it sit uh, overnight so that it has a chance to really, to really uh, uh, glue well. And don't use too much glue because if you use too much glue, it'll, when you clamp it down, it'll run out and then you'll have that uh, dried glue on the surface of your radio. Well, good. That'll give everybody a good startup. Are, by the way, my own question, Smitty, are these dial faces, now they're from the 20s and 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm a baby boomer. Are these all glass? Are some of them plastic? Was there plastic in the 20s? There was a material in the 20s that was known as celluloid, which is, uh, I guess, a form of plastic that you could uh, call it. And and I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because I think uh, anybody who's collected radios, who's actually worked on old radios before, like I have, has uh, had the very disheartening experience of uh, saying, well, that uh, is kind of a dirty dial scale. I better clean it and uh, getting uh, maybe a little cloth with... Uh, a bit of Windex or a bit of uh, household cleaner and watching not only the uh, the dirt come off but watching the the numbers come off also so one thing you have to be very careful when you clean any kind of an old dial scale and also Mike the uh, the old uh, glass dial scales that have the painted on numbers you have to be very careful with those too because remember they, they can be unstable so what you want to do is just be very very careful when you clean any kind of a dial scale on, on these old radios. If it's very, very, very dirty, you can try a piece of, uh, of cloth, a little terry towel or something with just moistened with water and try an inconspicuous spot. See if it's going to do any harm to any of the writing on the, uh, on the dial because some of the writing was kind of sandwiched between layers and is much more stable and a lot of it was printed directly on and it will get wiped off um, along with the, the dirt and grime if you're not careful. Well, great. I think that's probably one of the most productive segments that we're ever going to present the, the listeners because um, these are things you can use now. Uh, as time goes by and these segments come out, we're going to talk about everything you can think of under the spectrum of early radio and early television. And we're going to time shift back and forth to the present day, back to the 50s. I think, what do we have next week? We're going to have a segment on uh, good old uh, Chester Riley, the life of Riley, William Bendix. Uh, mm-hmm, that's what right. We got, what else we got in store for next week, Smitty? We're also going to be doing a, a segment on uh, a very popular TV show that was on from 1950 until 1967, and probably a lot of our friends out there still remember it, What's My Line? What's My Line now? Is that John Daly? John Charles Daly. Okay, and you're going to have a little history on John Daly. We're never going to mention someone's name unless we can tell you the pedigree in the background. Exactly. And what happened before and what happened after and where are they now? That's if uh, they're still somewhere now. If they're still somewhere (laughs) around, and even if they're not, we're still going to remember them. And so we'll have some, some fun remembering What's my line? Okay, well, that's great. Well, we hope you appreciated and you enjoyed and you got some value out of the last um, half hour. Uh, this is, as I say, this is the premiere podcast. Uh, it's the first one out of our show, the Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. And it ran a little long, but it's kind of like the first day of school, right? Exactly, yes, Mike. You know, the first day of school, uh, you know, you're excited. Uh, perhaps with a little bit of fear, looking around, making sure you're doing everything right. We're kind of doing the same thing, but we're going to also have fun and looking forward to having, uh, receiving input from our listeners. And that's what will make this show fly. Well, I'm just stoked that all the equipment works and the neighbor's dog isn't barking like he usually does this time of day. And uh, (laughs) this is going to be a lot of fun. 
And again, uh, we're going to go in our podcast as Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the uh, world of radio and television as far as nostalgia collectibles, time-shifted, where are they now? And we're going to post every Thursday evening at 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. We'll have a new show, hopefully. And it's going to be listener-supported, so we're not just going to sit around in a head trip and just throw at you what we think you ought to be listening to. So having said that, I'm going to give you the email address one more time for us. It's info at galaxynightsite.com. Info at galaxynightsite.com. We're still building the website, so it might be a while before you tap in our website and actually see something other than the uh, a picture of an old radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, why would that be a surprise? But we will, uh, <laughs> we will promise that we'll do as much of this as we can. And again, being listener-supported, uh, you don't have to send any money, but you have to support us with what you'd like to hear. And so until next week, we'll be signing off uh, Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight with Smitty and Mike. I'm Mike. And I'm Smitty. And we'll see you next week on the radio. Take care, everyone.